Welcome to today's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So let's blaze. Here's your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Welcome back to The Blazing Grace Show. On behalf of our producer, Ted Griffin, this is Jason Graves along with Rob McIntyre. Hey, now. And Mike Janung. Hola. Hello, gentlemen. Well, Bilingual. Listen. Yes, <laughs> we're so talented. I am so excited for part two of our wives uh, panel. We've got a, a panel of wives of sex addicts. And last week we got to know their stories. Mm-hmm. And this week we're, we've got some questions for them. But, but first, um, we've got a couple of announcements. Uh, Rob, you've got your sexual anorexia groups. Uh, I've yes, got sir. some uh, teleconference groups for men dealing with sexual addiction recovery. And, uh, Mike, you're doing your groups here in the spring, Strength in Numbers. Uh, so if you want more informa- information about those groups, listen to the end of the show. We'll have all the contact numbers for you there. Uh, I'm also speaking in Cincinnati at the uh, Everyman's Battle Conference March 10th through the 12th, so there's uh, still time to sign up for that. But, listen, we're excited to have back in studio with us Rachel uh, from Colorado Springs here. Hello, Rachel. Thank you. I'm glad welcome. to be here. Yeah, welcome back. And, Stayed and here a whole week. Yes, my <laughs> goodness. Amazing. You've been here on the camping out on the floor. Uh, Kimberly from Pennsylvania. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. What a pleasure. And Joyce from Colorado. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Well, welcome back. So we're going to just give you guys some questions. But just to kind of recap, uh, you know, Joyce, your, uh, your experience was that, you know, your husband thought that marriage would fix it when, when he got involved uh, in pornography, and and then there was some avo- avoidance. Uh, you kind of get felt controlling, and he started lying, and uh, then you started to slowly get tr- trust back as you worked through the issues. Not just him getting in recovery, but you getting in recovery, and uh, the polygraph, the therapeutic polygraph test, was very effective in helping along the way. Uh, Rachel, you shared that you know it was a big surprise to you these things, but there was some inappropriate sexuality in your relationship, uh, some debt. Uh, he started caving in and kind of acting in in the relationship, having to get away from people. And uh, there was a lot of fear avoidance. And then your own uh, acting out was, was kind of triggered by that as well. And uh, Kimberly, um, you, before you got into recovery, I, I think uh, during that time, you were uh, separated for about a year from your husband. Uh, there was a lot of distance as he began to uh, have the guilt kind of weighed heavier and heavier. Um, you had to, at one point, just really let him go and trust him to, into God's hands and deal with your own codependency issues uh, and seek wholeness and, and accountability around that. And, uh, and as a result, the uh, having good boundaries and communication in your relationship, you guys are getting better too. So we've got a few questions for you, but I'm just wondering, um, first of all, you all are on this show for a reason. Uh, we wanted to have women on our show that not only had the experience of going through their husband's recovery, but had chosen, made the choice to go through recovery their own. Right. So we first of all want to just thank you and applaud you for making that choice. But I'm just curious, um, in and out of the church, we often hear that uh, porn and masturbation are harmless. What are your specific takes on these uh, on these two elements? Uh, Rachel, do you care to chime in on that one? I'm kind of surprised about that question because for me, I've heard so little in the church about uh, masturbation. Of course, porn is obviously taboo and mm-hmm. you know everybody says that's 
something to avoid, but I've really not heard anything said from the church. And I really think that that helps to allow for this to continue destroying people that mm-hmm. it's just not discussed. And it's hard to find, a, I'm sure, a context where it's appropriate to discuss it. But there's really not a context that I've heard it in hmm. going to church right. all my life. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, and let me just say this. because I'll speak to that uh, for pastors who need help in that is mm-hmm. Jesus said that it is sin for a man or a woman to lust after somebody else. And I mean, that's it right there. And if you masturbate and you lust, you're wrong. It's you're committing adultery. Right. So that's the line. And, and, you know, I think it's hard for us as humans to think that masturbation doesn't include lusting fantasy, something along those lines. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we could say masturbation on the radio, you can say it in your church. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And nobody's dead. Right. Right. He's still alive. Don't just say the M word either, because then they'll think you're talking about marriage. Mike, what were you going to say? Well, the the two reasons I hear that Christian counselors often use that masturbation is okay as one that, quote unquote, is not in the Bible. Yeah. And two, that. Jim Dobson of Focus on the Family said mm-hmm. it was okay in one of those early books. Mm-hmm. Bringing up boys, I think it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reference our uh, our show on masturbation for that one. We'll give you a, a ton of information there. But Absolutely. L- Kimberly, Joyce, what's your take on that? Why don't you start us out, Kimberly? Um, well, I, I definitely agree that the porn and masturbation is, it is um, not harmless. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it addressed enough in the church, mm-hmm. like she was saying about the masturbation. I have mm-hmm. never, I've been in church all my life, I've never heard anything talked about like that. Right, right. And, I, and I've under, been, you know, learning more about the fantasizing and what you think about when this is happening is what a person bonds to. Mm-hmm. So I can right. understand the importance of not doing it. And, and that's mm-hmm. what my relationship is with my husband, mm-hmm. to bond to me. And, uh, you know, all that aside, uh, the cultural way that it's handled in the church and whether it's harmless or not, I mean, wouldn't you say, Joyce, that you probably just would prefer, most wives would prefer that their husband weren't involved with porn and masturbation? Oh, absolutely. It, um, you know, it makes you question what you're doing wrong and all those things. And I've since come to understand that my addic- that his addiction wasn't about me, mm-hmm. but... When you don't understand that, you take it very personally, like mm-hmm. you're not enough and mm-hmm. and all those things, um, right. which is very destructive to a marriage. And if God's purpose <laughs> for marriage is for it to be strong and, and um, centered on him, then, you know, anything that tears that down to me is not okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to mention that it is a sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, Joyce, how did your husband's struggle with sex addiction affect you and your family? Okay, um, it greatly, (laughs) in hindsight, um, we just didn't have closeness, um, you know, we didn't look each other in the eye, Mm. we didn't have good communication, we weren't growing in the Lord together, it was just a disconnect, I think, all throughout our family, Mm -hmm. and lots of underlying anger issues, and, um, you know, just stunted growth in the marriage and in the family altogether. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, did you, uh, did you guys, after recovery took place in your marriage, uh, how would you kind of contrast that with when you guys were in the middle of the, uh, sex addiction? Wow. Um, night and day. Um, and I would say, well, first of all, when my husband chose recovery, that was huge for me. And, um, 
also, too, when I found out that I had issues that I needed to work on, um, that was a big part of the puzzle that allowed me to really see that I was trying to control my husband and mm. that I had my own acting out behaviors and that um, that I could do something about that. And mm. putting my energy into um, working on healing myself really right. was a big part of what allowed me to, you know, stop controlling him and even just recognizing those things. Well, and what do you say, Joyce, to the lady who, okay, her husband's um, a sex addict mm-hmm. uh, and he needs help. But you know, my therapist just recommended that I go to a group or that I work on some issues. And then I say, well, wait a minute. This is his problem, not mine. Why Why? Why are you blaming it on me? <laughs> um, I would say what Jason said to me, and that is <laughs> <laughs> that it's like you're in a car going 100 miles an hour. Your husband's driving and you crash into a, into a wall and you're injured, um, but he can't heal you. And you're responsible for your own healing. And mm. that was a huge part of motivating me to go. Mm. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, awesome. And it was, I found it to be very true. And I'm not going to lie to you, I was really angry about all the work that I would have to do. Mm-hmm. But when, um, when I got there and realized I had my own issues that really played into that, that mm-hmm. were aggravating the problem, um, it, it was huge right. part of the healing process. It's interesting in God's economy, he doesn't want to waste even a crisis. If he can change both people in the middle of a crisis, that doesn't prolong the crisis. That actually shortens it. So Mm -hmm. it's great that you ladies are willing to look at yourselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kimberly, how did you see your husband's sex addiction? How did it affect his personality and his character? I could see that he was angry. Hmm. And I think a lot of it was at himself. I know he knew that he was better than this, that he had gone down levels mm-hmm. to a place that he is capable of not being at. Right. And the mood swings, hmm. a lot of mood swings, you know, consistent and then whew, just down and you feel like you're walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. And it just, the cycles, yeah. you know, there's just a constant cycle. Yeah, up and down. Yes. Right. Yeah. Was he withdrawing a lot from you emotionally? A lot, yeah. yes. It's and like let, he could be there, but he's not there. And let me just, for you listeners, tell you a little bit about the men that they're talking about. Uh, you know, first of all, these guys are not your, you know, trench coat, stand on the corners, you know, kind of guys right. that you would think, oh, what a creep. These are amazing men of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know these guys personally, and they're great men. They're leaders in their church. They're leaders in their community. They are men who have got exuberant personalities. They're gifted. They're high-functioning men, and they're, they're really a joy to be with. So imagine if you've got a friend like this, what it's like when they're down in the dumps. Now, times that by 10, and that's what it's like for a wife. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Wow. So, so help me understand this. I mean, assuming uh, you know, that your husband is, is continuing on with his growth process, and I know that, you know, that uh, for at least uh, Joyce and Kimberly, you know, that, that they are, and, and I can only imagine, Rachel, that, that your husband is as well. Uh, how has life uh, been, in, uh, been changed and affected now that you've been in recovery? What are all the benefits? Paint that picture. If you could start us out, Rachel. I think neither my husband nor I expected that it could be this way. Um, mm. I think that's why it was so hard to get 
going on trying to recover because we didn't expect that it could be as good as it is now. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely um, way improved intimacy, Mm -hmm. uh, more open and positive communication. And I know it's open because it's not always what I want to hear. He's actually Mm -hmm. telling me what he what he thinks and what he feels. You mean your husband has feelings? Oh my gosh, I didn't really realize he did. Did yeah. he? Yeah, <laughs> he's not I a machine. Him, yeah, I wore pants in the family, and I told him when he'd feel what, and you know now he has his own own opinion and his own feelings, wow. and he's able to express those much better. Awesome. Um, increased trust certainly among us, and just a better partnership altogether. Awesome. That's awesome. Great. I'd buy it. <laughs> what about you two? Uh, Joyce, can you paint that picture for us? What, what is it like these days? You know, I really re- relate to what she was saying. My husband was so emotionless before mm. and just kind of mechanical. And I found myself even, I think, trying to push him to anger to see if he had emotion. Ah. Um, and now it's just completely dif- different. We look each other in the eye. We have true intimacy that I've always craved our whole marriage. Um, and I know, too, that he's going to tell me how he feels, and I just feel so connected with him in a way that I never imagined could happen. Wow. So. Wow. That's awesome. So before, you know, you were pushing his buttons a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure that many wives can relate to that. Heck, I can relate to that. I know I push my wife's buttons. <laughs> uh, but now it's like you're pushing each other's love buttons. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, you know, it's interesting, interesting too, because, uh, you know, again, in therapy, I deal with a lot of men as well as myself who didn't have emotions. And then you have this emotional awakening and you kind of look back and you go, man, if I had these feelings, I would have never crossed the boundaries that I crossed. Uh It is really the thing that keeps you from going to that pit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary. I mean, in the process, as you start to get to know yourself emotionally (laughs) and as your your partner gets to know you emotionally, because really, if you break down intimacy phonetically, it could be understood as into me, see, letting that person see into you can be very scary. So Mm -hmm. actually, it can get kind of messy before it gets any better. And that's tough. That can be a roadblock. So you need to anticipate that. If you're going to open up to your spouse... You need to get ready for some backlash, okay? Before you develop normalcy around. Yeah, I that. call that emotional nudity. Mm, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I call that explosion splattering the wall. In the <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Now, I, oh, are we going to let uh, Kimberly respond to that as well? Kimberly, did you not get a chance? Oh, I'll take a chance. Okay. I can totally relate and agree with Joyce and Rachel on this, and. For us, it, we never really experienced a true honeymoon. I mean, it started off on the wrong foot. Mm. And I'm telling you, we are experiencing a honeymoon. Amen. And the eye-to-eye contact, the, him mm-hmm. being physical as in hugging, touching, I didn't get any of that. Right. And it's because he's more pleased with himself, and there's nothing to hide. Here right. I am, yeah. you see me. Yeah. And it, it's, it is the most rewarding thing ever. Yeah. Ever. Right. That's great. Well, ladies, I got kind of a dumb question here, but it's not dumb. But I mean, you guys are on the radio, so it's kind of like, well, you've already opened up to millions of listeners right now. But have you opened up to other women about your hurts? Yeah. What's that looked like? Rachel? Um, For me, I was really pretty cautious about doing that. And I tried to only open up to women where it wouldn't affect my husband. I certainly Mm. didn't want to tell my family because they would Mm -hmm. obviously remember even if things got better. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, was sharing with other people. I didn't want to share with people in my husband's circle so that it would embarrass him or affect him. But I did try and find a couple, you know, very few people who I knew that what I told them, they would try to uh, 
help me grieve and then um, help encourage me and uplift me. And yeah. people who had witnessed our wedding vows to say, wow. okay, you know, I was there. You got yeah. to stay faithful. And that's why it's so important to find a safe group of women. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is so wise, Rachel, because let's face it, when it comes to family, you really want to get to a place where you're sharing with them out of a sense of healing rather than out of a sense of woundedness. Right. I mean, depending on your, your family mix. But I, I really, I really appreciate that. How about you, Joyce? Um, that's an interesting question for me. I, yes, I have um, found women I can open up to, and mostly what that looks like is a group, mm-hmm. in my 12-step recovery group for codependency and partners. And that has been so freeing. Um, but my heart is that I noticed how much shame I was feeling like with women in the church. And what that made me realize is that I was trying to perform. Yeah. And I, wow. my heart for that is... I would really like to see um, there be more women sharing right? because right. it takes away the shame of it. So, Yeah. Yeah. And Kimberly, I know you did a group too, right? That was a teleconference group. Um, actually it was a group. I went to two groups within a church. Okay. So that's what I had did. So what was your experience there? I, for me, I, I did have some friends to talk to, but I really think it was the healthiest for me to talk within the group because it's other ladies that, you know, they've walked a lot of these things out that I was walking out, and then there's people that are to walk what I have walked. And you realize you're not alone, mm-hmm. and, you know, starting to put the pieces together and beginning to understand things so much more clearly. And it was a safe place. It's confidential. Mm-hmm. It stays there. does not leave there. And for me, that was healthy for me. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you're just tuning in, this is the Blazing Gray Show you're listening to, and we are talking with a panel of wives from around the country dealing with their own husband's sexual addiction and their own recovery process from that. And uh, we are, we're really happy to have uh, Joyce, Kimberly, and Rachel in the studio with us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious, um, you know, in, in terms of, of, of getting to know your, you know, your own process and dealing with your husband's addiction, can you help us kind of understand what that's looked like on a on a on a personal level what issues you've had to work to i mean we heard that you've gone to groups and got help that way but maybe through therapy or what have you what does that look like um kimberly can you can you speak to that yes i think uh me for going one thing that really helped was going to counseling with a counselor that understood addictions Mm -hmm. understood the ins and outs of it and really helping me to set healthy boundaries, helping mm-hmm. me to come to the realization that I really was quite codependent and having to break away from a lot of the lies I was believing in the sense of the way I looked at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was important for me, to be able to have someone to bounce things off that was not only able to understand my husband, what was going on with him, but me as a partner with him in life going, okay, this is where you're doing the tango as well. Yeah. Well, what would you say to a, some to a wife in in your same situation who was resistant to that idea of talking with a, a specialist? Um, I would have to say that I, I believe it's very important to look in the mirror and deal with you. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that you need to look and say, okay, what's going on with me? Even if that, even if your spouse has done everything awful and miserable, mm-hmm. whatever the situation, there's still you to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Set aside from him. Set it aside and look in the mirror. And it's, it's just helpful. It's healthy. And I, 
and the other thing too is just not holding in those emotions of anger, mm-hmm. bitterness, resentment, all these things that end up yeah. causing disease in your body. And that counselor helps you to process these things out, right. which you're going to be a healthy person. Right. You know, Kimberly, uh, saying that you deal with yourself first, actually, that's the f- uh, formula for revival in oh, the church. Yeah. You oh, think yeah. about that. It, it starts with us yeah. and the body, you know, us as the body of Christ. So. Absolutely. You bet. It's like the old saying, you know, when you point the finger at somebody else, you got three, at least three of them pointing back yeah. to you. Yeah. Unless you got like a dislocated thumb. Mike, you Thanks. had a question? Uh, Kimberly, when you first found out about your husband's sex addiction, did you feel comfortable sharing your hurts with other women in the church? Um, not particularly, mm-hmm. because I was still trying to think what all this meant. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one lady that I know had been through a similar situation, and she's one that I spoke with first. Um, but no, it's not something that you want to go up and go, oh, this is what's going on. Yeah. It's because you want kind of wonder what the other person's thinking. Well, what kind of wife were you? Yeah. You know, all the thoughts that I'd probably had before dealing with people. I don't know. I right. So yes, probably not, not real comfortable for me. And Joyce, I know that you have a similar heart to share, but you're kind of waiting right now. Yes. Yes. Just waiting for God's timing, but yeah. Um, Totally similar heart to share. And I just have to affirm again that that's just so wise. You know, Rachel sharing earlier about waiting to share with her family or, or people familiar with her husband. Because, I mean, the Bible says don't cast your pearls before swines. And that's not that to say that, you know, some people are pigs. But really what that means is that, hey, swines don't have any purpose or use for pearls. They don't know how to properly care for or handle those precious things. Yeah, and in, in my personal case, uh, I've had it to where some things were shared, mm-hmm. and they can't process it because of where they're at spiritually yeah. and emotionally. Right. And I so it to... really puts them in bondage themselves. Yeah. yeah, I had to learn that lesson the hard way myself. So yeah. you know, it bears uh, some patience around that. Rachel, did you have anything to add about No, that? I just okay. agree that I think, you know, for my husband and I, you know, we're on so much a better side of this that we are interested in mm-hmm. um, maybe reaching some people who are struggling with the same issues, but it's really a hard thing to know how to approach it mm-hmm. um, right. in a way that's going to be beneficial with, instead of a hindrance. With just a couple minutes left, I'm just wondering, uh, in the past we've had uh, a show with, uh, with a wife of a sex addict, and she shared that when she went up to talk to her pastor about it, uh, he basically just said that you know she needs to kind of leave this alone and, and uh, that it wasn't a problem or something like that. From wives who have been through the fire with this, what do pastors need to say? What do you need to hear from pastors to have a a, a climate of trust and support? Can you start us off on that, Joyce? Well, I would just say that um, I would need my pastor to validate that this is an issue. Right. Certainly because Jesus said it was an issue. Amen. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would like to hear that there's hope and that there are tangible tools that I can in measurable progress that I can make in the right. situation because it did take so long to get to that point. Right, right, absolutely. And that there were lots of other women dealing with the same thing would also be really helpful for me. You right. know, Joyce, and you said hope. That was a key word that helped mm-hmm. me just personally want to attack my recovery. Mm-hmm. So it was the fact that there was hope. With just a minute left, Kimberly, what do you think? I think I, I really needed someone that would link arms with me and walk me through in the sense of what can I do to help. And I did have that as well as allowing me to have my space to lick my wounds and heal and not push me to get back and live with him again. Right. Every woman's at a different timing and to understand that I'm getting 
recovering from a car wreck myself. Right. And just because you're on one that the other doesn't mean everything's okay. So having that time and space to get whole to help that dwell, dwell, allow, to have. Awesome. And Rachel, what about you? I just really liked what Joy said about hope that, you know, just confessing sin for the sake of confessing sin wouldn't have done it. And to have a pastor or leadership in uh, outside of the church from Christian sources to say, hey, there is really an effective way of navigating this. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So, Praise Jason, God. are you going to tell everybody, our listeners, that there is hope? Well, you know what? There is hope. There is there hope. Is, and, and I think these ladies are yeah. proof positive that there's thank hope. Thank you, ladies. So, lady, thank, lady, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, for these past two weeks. Um, God bless you. God bless mm-hmm. your marriages. And I just want to admonish you on one thing. Right. That I'm going to tell, tell listeners at this point is starting to look a lot more like what you're recovering to than what you're recovering from. Our ladies, positive yeah. nations have been blessed because of your courage to come forward today. So God bless you. God bless your marriage. We're proud of you, and we are praying for you. Mm-hmm. Is your husband dealing with pornography or sexual addiction? Uh, have you found evidence that he might be using his himself or, or other material or other people in ways that are inappropriate, I would say follow through on those instincts. Don't let those yeah. questions go unanswered. Get the help. If you listen to the end of the broadcast, we'll have numbers on there that you can call. If you need a group, we have teleconference groups mm-hmm. for women f- for all over the country where you join a group uh, that meets once a week and you call in over the telephone to a teleconference system and meet together. Uh, thanks for listening to Blazing Grace. Um, we are listener-supported, so we appreciate your donations and supporting us as we expand our vision and ministry. So tune in next time. We're glad to have you as listeners, and may God bless you and your family. Thank you for tuning into this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at blazinggrace.org. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G forward slash radio dot H-T-M. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show. Or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can call Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll-free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. Desiring for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? You can tell Mike Janung what you want covered by emailing him. That email address is mike at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening. May God shine His grace upon you.